welcome to the Adam and Julie podcast. So we're back in the studio. Well, I'm back anyway. <laughs> Adam's not here with me tonight, but we have Tina McLaughlin. And Tina, thank you so much for coming in today. I know it I didn't work the other night when we were supposed to record. So Tina, she shared her testimony August 25th at King's Church Recovery. And we were supposed to record that night, but we had a little flood, so it didn't happen. <laughs> Literally a toilet like flowed over. I guess it didn't stop running and it did a lot of damage. So Anyways, thanks for coming in, Tina, today. Oh, thanks for having me. <laughs> I'm excited to get into this. I've been actually really wanting to bring you down into the studio, even before you just shared your testimony. Uh, well, because you shared your testimony, how long ago was it? Like a like year? Two or three years, I Was think? it two or three? It's oh, been wow. quite a while. So I remember the first time you shared your testimony, and still to this day, your testimony I think I related to parts of it more than any other testimony. And we've had oh, wow. like hundred, hundred, like 150 at least testimonies wow. over the five years. But we'll get into what I mean by that. But our stories are a lot different. But there's a part of it that I felt like you, you're very smart. Like you're really, really good with words. Thank you. Has anybody ever told you that? No, okay. <laughs> not in memory. Well, I just felt like, oh my goodness, the way you wrote, I think it more in particular, the first testimony you did, some, when I was reading it, I was like, that's exactly how I feel. And I could never put it into words. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, um, so yes, I have, I've related to your testimony probably more than any other testimony. So I was really excited to get you in here so we can have a chat. So this is the part. So you always, growing up when you were little, your whole like goal in life was, was to, to be a mom married. and a wife. Wife right? and a mom, yeah. Yes, that's exactly. I, I haven't ever heard anybody describe that like you. Like, have you heard that a lot? Like, I haven't, but, but it was literally how I thought of it like yeah. when I was when I was six years old it's like I want to be a wife and a mom me too like, yeah I know I know and yeah and even more than that and we'll get into that because um yeah you said that when you were little like you were waiting for your prince charming like I was looking for my yeah, prince charming I, I know every like from from grade one, yeah, I until probably twenty two years old, I always had in mind A the boy. guy that the guy that I would like to be dating if yeah. I wasn't dating one. And were you chasing boys like when I, you were young? I was boy crazy. You were, yeah, yeah. I was totally. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember chasing boys. I remember there was a boy in junior high, and this is so embarrassing when I think back, but I remember. <laughs> coming into the school and everybody was like we don't know where he is we don't this boy that i was chasing would hide in a locker <laughs> okay maybe you ran faster than i did they, they didn't feel the need to hide that hard. it was so weird it was like yeah it was like i knew that that's what i was supposed to do so i don't know if it's my personality so it was just like okay let's go i i gotta figure this out and i gotta find him and get it going yeah. I mean, 
it's not like I have to be like a fully matured adult with my personality set up before I knew who I would fit with. Right. This one's cute. Yes. And he's available. Let's and do it. He's like in my class. So mm-hmm. I'll get to see him all year. We'll get to know each other. Yeah. Maybe we could get married in the summer. Right. <laughs> so when you were little, did you ever think of like what you want to be yourself? Like I want to pursue this career or was it literally wife and mom? When I was little, it was wife and mom. Yep. When I got to my teen years, my dad my dad sat down with me one day basically and said, you know, that's all well and good right. if things work out. Yep. But he said, sometimes things don't work out and you need to be able to feed yourself and yep. any kids that you have. Right. So you need to plan something more than just the ring and the baby. Right. And so did you listen? Like, I did. And you did. Yeah, you I went to college. Yes. And, you know. Well, yes. And so tell everybody what you do, because I'm so impressed by <laughs> <laughs> like I, I fix medical equipment. Like you've got to be the smartest person in the world to be able to do that. Like that, that <laughs> I told my mom that, that today I took her out for a birthday lunch and I told her I was interviewing you and I said, she's like really smart you know i'm like she fixes like the machines at the hospital she's like seriously (laughs) that sounds so complex it's honestly it was just a two-year electronics program at the community college like i don't have a degree in anything electronics engineering technology okay is the fancy name and so after two years you literally could go in and do that yeah you knew what to do well, I, I knew enough that yeah. when I got to the hospital, it wouldn't take them long to train me on specific equipment. Okay. And yeah. And anyway. I've been on lots of training courses for the, the stuff they can't train you on in-house. Yeah. All right. So that conversation with your dad, actually, like, <laughs> I'm going to be a wife and a mom. Okay. No, I guess I'll fix this like complex electronic <laughs> equipment. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's crazy. So anyways, you did grow up in a Christian family though. Your parents were Christians, right? They got saved when I was about six years old. The okay. whole family kind of okay. got saved when and I was really young. where did you grow up? Were you in this area? Here, yeah. I oh. live now within a mile of the house I grew up in. Oh, okay. Uh, you know where Vito's is out here in the yeah. valley? Yeah. There were two houses on that property, and one of them was the one that I grew up in from kindergarten to grade 11. Really? Yeah. Okay, so you're always from here. Yeah. Okay, do you have siblings? I do. I have two sisters. I'm in the middle. Okay. My my younger sister lives in Ottawa, and my older sister lives on the west side. Okay. And yeah. works at the hospital with me. She's a nurse, though. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. Okay. More, more, of a, more of a normal girl job. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I know that you came into recovery for codependency would be, like, the, the main issue. Yes. Well, first of all, how, how do you do now with codependency? Would you say you still struggle with codependency, or would you say that you... Have got healing completely from it. I think to say I had complete healing would be another form of denial. Okay. <laughs> We're just uh, going into denial here in the fall. So, but, um, but I think I've made a lot of progress. Yeah. And I think I catch myself right. when I do it a yes. lot of the time. Uh, and I've, I've come to realize that it's healthy for me to make sure that I'm sharing. Yeah. big with the people that are close to me, whether that's my share group on a right. Tuesday night yeah. or my accountability or yes. whoever, um, 
to make sure that if I'm not seeing something that's codependent, somebody right. on the outside looking in can be like, hmm, does yeah. that seem really healthy to you? Yeah. And I've always noticed about you that you are you're pretty open to input. Oh, yeah. Right. Like you want input from oh, other people. Yeah. You're, you ask for it. Absolutely. Which most people don't. Like not a lot of people do that. I don't I don't know how people get by on their own. Yeah, but like, you you've been you've always been very serious about your recovery. I've noticed that about I, you. I I want to thrive. Yeah, I, you do. I want to I want to be all that God called me to be. I want to yep. do all that he called me to do. Yeah. I want to end up in a healthy marriage relationship yep. with the guy he has for me. Exactly. Not just, you yes. know, that one will do because he's in my class. Yeah. <laughs> So I know that you struggle with codependency with with your marriage, and we will definitely get into that because that's most of your, what your story is about. But I want to just get into this a little bit because I'm very curious about codependency. I It took me a long time to realize that that is, in fact, something I struggled with as well. Um, I had a really hard time seeing that in myself. I, I so um, couldn't get my focus off of... I was a victim. I was in a marriage where my husband was an addict and I married him not knowing he was a drug addict. And so I knew that there was damage done because of being in that situation, but I didn't, I had a really hard time seeing codependency. And now that I've been in recovery for five years and um, have heard so many other people testify, I could relate to what they were saying and I learned that I did have codependency tendencies. But I do find it very hard to explain to people. And so whenever I'm talking to somebody with codependency, I have so many questions for you. So for you, did you struggle with codependency? Look, you might not have known, but looking back, did you struggle with codependency with either your parents or teachers growing up or any other relationships before you got married? Do you think in hindsight? I... Not not parents or teachers that I'm aware of, okay. but I think very much every boyfriend along the way. Hmm. And I got my first boyfriend in grade one. Wow. So and men in particular. Yep. Like Why like the romantic man in my life. Not okay. Not father figures, not uncles. Is not it because neighbors. is it just because you put that high on a pedestal that you were below them? Like, why do you think that is? Have you figured that one out? I want to know. <laughs> well, I, I, I do know that I, that I did put them yes, on a pedestal. I, and so, right. and I, I've heard one of the ways codependency explained is that when, it's like when my relationship and how I think about my relationship with someone else right. causes me to change who I am. Right. Or to not be my real self, right. not stick with my own convictions. And when you put any human on a pedestal right. above you and above God yep. and say, well, you know, this is this is my boyfriend. I'm going right. to marry this one in, you know, 20 yeah. years when I'm old enough. Yeah. <laughs> that that you do, yeah. you cater to him. Right. And to what you think is going to be yeah. acceptable to him. Right. No, I'm just curious about why that is with men in particular. And like, did, 
what about a non-romantic relationship? Like, what about, have you ever had a male boss growing up in any work environments? All my bosses have been male. Okay. Now, have you ever had codependent relationships with them? Not that I've ever identified, no. So it's when you had romantic feelings? Yeah. Okay. See, I, looking back for me, I think my codependency has been with men. And it could be with a boss or a boyfriend is what I see. Okay. It's, yeah, it's really interesting to know that. Okay. So it's, you definitely have a lot of recovery in it, but you would, you would say that you still have to work on your recovery with codependency? Yeah, it's because, because of what codependency is, right? Yeah. Like an alcoholic knows if they have touched alcohol. Right. But codependents can't get away from people. Right. Right. <laughs> Completely. And so we're always, yeah, we're always sort of having to be vigilant. Yeah. Yeah. Just the nature of it. Okay. And, and we don't have to discuss this, but I do want to ask if you're open to talking about it. I've heard people with stories of codependency and stuff, or, or just a lot of people that have come to celebrate recovery that have come needing recovery. A lot of people have had childhood trauma. Would you say that? Have you ever had childhood trauma? Not that I've ever been able to identify. So you just had a really good upbringing, Christian parents and nothing. I mean, they weren't parents aren't perfect. No, of course not. You know, there was never any signs of alcoholism or abuse or. So there was no abuse or anything. No, not. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, that's what I relate mine to. I did have something happen in when I was a preteen and you know, I was taken advantage of and I do see the pattern now, but I've just recently put that together. Oh, okay. That that is what led um, to me putting men in a unhealthy position. And yeah, I, I do make connection to that with um, when I met Adam, I had put him so high on a pedestal and was blinded to any warning signs, uh, you know, that he was unhealthy and didn't want to see it because it was like I gave my whole heart right away and it was like I was in too deep. And so I I couldn't even handle seeing anything that would would make me want to get out. Right. I already felt dating at 16 that I was already in too deep. Yeah, already yeah. all heart connected yeah, and stuck. Completely. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just really learning a lot about that, a lot about myself now, this many years later. But no, so that's what I was wondering if if there was any trauma with you. But okay. I wonder if it is like a person, if certain personalities are more susceptible to struggle with codependency. Have you ever come across that in talking with people? Like, do you know what your Enneagram is, Tina? I'm an enthusiast, number seven. You're a number seven. Oh, that's not surprising. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not that, but okay. I'm a five. And what's the five? Five is I forget what it reformer, I think. Um I I don't know all about it, but with number five, I know that it, like say you have a battery life, like we all have an, like a certain amount of energy, mm-hmm. you might start your day with 100% full battery. A five starts half full. Like we're already, we, we 
feel like we're low on energy. And so all the decisions that we make are about um, storing up our energy and make, making sure we have enough energy. So, oh. yeah, it's, yeah. Interesting. I, I found it hard to, when I read that, I was like, oh, I don't know. But anyways, I've listened to, have you ever listened to Annie F. Downs, her podcast? No. no. It's really good. And she does a lot of Enneagram stuff. And she, it was when she interviewed the different numbers. So every day she would, or every week she would do a different number. And when she interviewed five, a man and a woman, it was unbelievable. I was like, oh my word. Like I took the <laughs> test and I knew it was a five. Um, but that's when I knew I was just by listening to everything. I could relate to everything that they wow. were talking about. So. So did you just do a test and came up with your number? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So have you ever met any other sevens that you think, oh, yeah, I can totally relate to them? Or I have. Yeah. 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 Sevens are, I love sevens. Sevens are, I have a lot of sevens in my life. Yeah. I think I said that in the last podcast because uh, Trish is a seven too, eh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know that. We, uh, we tend to stand out. You're fun. <laughs> you're the fun ones. Everybody wants to be a seven. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So you met your husband. What were you, tw- in your 20s? I actually met him uh, in community college. Okay. But then he... He was actually in the same course as me, but it had a really high dropout rate. It was heavy, heavy on the math and physics. Okay. And he quit after the first um, set of exams. Yep. He was like, this is not my cup of tea. And he moved away. And then we we reconnected several years later when I was living in Halifax. Oh, and okay. Yeah, he was driving truck and... He didn't actually pull up in a green Peterbilt, like I said. In the <laughs> I think it was green. I don't know what brand yeah. it was, but I thought that way people know it's a big truck. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. No, that was funny. I love how you started your testimony. So, yes, everyone, if if you're listening to this now and you didn't get a chance to listen to Tina's testimony, it was August 25th, and we do have it on our King's Church Celebrate Recovery Facebook page, and um, you, you should listen to her test her whole testimony so you know. So you met him and head over heels right away or Instantly. were you like, this is what I want? No, I like it was a girlfriend and I had just gone on vacation to Toronto. We drove from Halifax to Toronto and spent right. a week and Toronto was where he had moved away to all those years ago. And mm-hmm. I had thought, oh, well, you know, while I'm here, I should look up my old friend and see if, you know, you know, if his girlfriend or wife doesn't mind if he goes for coffee, just catch up with him a little bit. Well, we got up there. I tried to call him. The number didn't work anymore, but I still had his parents' number from back here in St. John's. So I I called, I left a long-winded message, you know, (laughs) my name is Tina. I went to school with your son. You know, I'm on vacation in Toronto. In a few days, I'll be home in Halifax. This is my number if he wants to call me. Yep. And a few weeks later, early September, um, and I was I was boarding with a family that I loved. I had had an apartment, but uh, my roommate and I kept such different hours, it was lonely. And so I had started boarding with this family that I loved. And I got home from work one day, and the teenage daughter was like all excited and all up in my face. She's like, she's like, 
this guy called and you know she said yeah. his name and and she said so like who is this guy I want to know like tell me and, yeah. and I'm thinking I'm like oh you know uh who do I know with that name who do I know and then I'm like oh and and my heart leaped out of my chest yeah went across the floor up the wall across the ceiling and back down again like <laughs> like I was kind of instantly out of my mind yeah and less than a year later we were married okay wow yeah. less than a year less than a year and wow. he he was living in St. John as his home base okay and so so I actually went out to dinner with him that night and he was stuck in town waiting for load to take him yeah out of Halifax okay. yeah. and um and so we got to see each other several days in a row, but uh, he didn't move to Halifax until this spring. Okay. So it was like long distance yeah. for for many months before, and then we were still married in less than a year. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. So you said in your testimony, and again, if you don't want to talk about this, this is fine, but you <laughs> said trouble started before your marriage. Boundaries were crossed, poor communication truths withheld. Yeah. Do you want to expand on that? Sure. Um, one of the interesting truths that was withheld when we were dating, I had told him I would never marry a smoker. Okay. And so he didn't mention that he was a smoker. Wow. And in the end, it turns out I'm allergic to cigarette smoke and I had an allergic nose anyways. Right. So I couldn't smell it because I could barely smell anything. Okay. And we were married almost a year before he told me that I that he was a smoker. Oh wow! And his his family thought I was com a complete moron. Like who can be married to a smoker and kissing a smoker and not know it's a smoker, right? Like, well, who lies about it? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I'm I'm sure. Well, to give him the benefit of the doubt, I right. think he just thought, well, I won't tell her and I'll quit. And then afterwards, I'll tell her I used to be a smoker. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, starting not a marriage thing to quit. with a lie is not cool. No. Which is my situation, too. Yeah. Yeah. OK. Although there's yours another, was more dramatic. There, Yeah. Mine was very <laughs> dramatic. But there's another commonality that I didn't even know about that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. And uh, and I mean, it. you know, it's just smoking. Mm -hmm. But at the same time. But it's the fact that he would lie. It it was like the loss of trust. Yes. Like we that's huge. We ended up going for counseling and in the end the counselor said, You you either have to decide to trust him again or not. Like you can't go forward if you don't just decide you're right. going to trust him again, even though, you know, there's not there's not anything really to go on. Right. You it's like a leap of faith. Right. And and so I thought, well, and I mean, he was he was my God, essentially. Right. right. On the pedestal. And so. So what did did you trust him again? Like I did. I so did. I after just the, I you had, saw the counselor. You were like, OK, I, I had to let go of decided it. Decided to trust him. I mean, I don't know if it took days or weeks or a month or two, but. Yeah. but and did I he actually to, did he quit or you just knew not now? then? No. OK. He eventually was quit for a couple of years, but I mean, it's yeah. hard. He ended up back on it. I think he's trying oh, yeah, to quit again now. Now we, yeah, it's one of the hardest things to quit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and wow. uh, yeah, boundaries yeah. crossed, poor communication. There were just, yeah, yeah. You're familiar with the term gaslighting? 
Yeah, just recently though. Yeah, such a lovely trait. Such oh, a lovely okay. trait. So would you say that was part? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Certainly. I don't know if it was big early on, but but you know, like a boundary would be crossed and instead of him being like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I had no idea that this you would be upsetting you. to you. Somehow turn it to you, right? Yes. Yeah. Everything always got turned around. Turn that you did something wrong. Yeah. Okay. So much so that Recently, when I was um, just seeing someone for a few weeks, just getting to know a fella, um, I was really timid about clearly expressing my boundaries. But it was it was really lovely because when I finally, you know, I I had caught myself. It's like, you're not being direct. You're not being really as honest and clear with this fella as you need to be. Right. So suck it up and deal with it yeah and when I did when I expressed plainly the boundaries that I needed yes he was just he was like a gift from God because he was like well I don't want you to be afraid to talk to me I just I just want to know how you feel I want to know the truth yeah and it was just like God used that moment to pour healing in and right and I mean, we dated for three weeks and it's been, you know, a month and a half that we haven't been dating, but, yeah. but God used that, that little window of time to just yeah. pour in more healing, um, more confidence. It's like you get to have practice, it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who knew that that's what, that's what, yeah, yeah. Dating, you know, when, when you date and you, you keep those boundaries and you're not in a rush to right. anything, it gives you a chance to practice thinking say, it and you, you almost hope it. you have three or four that don't work <laughs> so when the right one comes you've got it figured out well you know i'm <laughs> trusting god to sort out how many practice runs he how wants me going need. through oh my goodness yeah so you so in your first marriage so not your first marriage my you were only married, married once <laughs> <laughs> i've had some people in here that were married more than once um you had a hard time setting boundaries then. Yes. Yeah. And an even harder time enforcing them with how he could spin and words. Like, did you even know what was happening? Like, did you even know the terms gaslighting or know the term that you were codependent? No. Like, you just thought you were being normal, right? Like, I thought I was being normal. Like, I you thought love your husband, like, I thought crying buckets on your honeymoon was normal. Do you want to explain why you were crying? Oh, my dear. Ah. Uh, well, we'll go with one of the easier examples. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he was a professional driver. Yeah. Um, but he was transitioning to be a university student. He was okay. going to go back to university and go into teaching. He thought that that didn't manifest, but that was the plan. And we got married in late August. Yep. So he had an outstanding traffic violation in New York State okay. that he hadn't bothered to look after. Yep. So when we were on our honeymoon, we had driven out to, um, I forget, uh, it's a roller coaster park out in Michigan or something. Okay. Six Flags? Possibly, yes. Okay, yeah. And and then we were driving back through the States. So when we were going through New York State, he couldn't drive because of this outstanding violation. So, So I was doing the driving, but I was used to all of... Halifax traffic mm-hmm. in the 1990s, which is nothing like it is now. Right. Um, so there's like 
we're on a 12 or or more lane highway. So there's at least oh, six lanes so going my way. And there was so much traffic, but he knew exactly where we were and where yeah. we were going. And so he said, he said, just stay in this lane. We're going to be in this lane for like, you know, 30, 40 kilometers. Right. You don't have to you switch. You don't have to switch. He said, just maintain your distance from the car ahead of you. Otherwise, everybody in the world will pull in in front of you. Yeah. But, you know, don't right. run into them. Exactly. So I'm like... Just to just to manage the overwhelm of the traffic, I'm like kind of fixated on this car ahead of me. Yeah. And I'm just maintaining my distance. He speeds up. I speed up. He slows down. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, my husband starts yelling at me. Well, if you like the guy so much, why don't you ask him out? And I'm like, what on earth are you talking about? Well, that motorcycle, you've passed him three times. Oh. And I, I start looking around left and right and checking the mirror. And sure enough, back over my left shoulder, there's a motorcycle yep. that, you know, if you had quizzed me, I had no idea. I probably couldn't even tell you the color of the car I was staring right, at. Right. right? But You're he just is trying like, not to die on this yeah, 12 lane but, but he's genuinely freaking out. And it was probably a stress response. He's used to being the driver. Right. He's used to being in control. He can see that I am not comfortable. Right, right. And so he's and not comfortable. Really your idea to be driving. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. So yeah. like so like him tearing strips off me, but mm. you know, if if I had been healthier, yeah. I would have given him some sort of what for kind of comeback. Like yeah. uh how can I control what the other lane's doing? I'm in this one. Right. I'm following that car. Yeah. If you're upset, you deal with it. So how would, how did you respond? Like oh my dear, I shut down. I there were probably quiet. tears that I was looking to hold back while yeah. I tried to stay in my lane. Oh wow. Because so that's how because, you would respond to them. Yeah. Like because that. once again, I you, and this was early on, like already, I'm not good enough. Right. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. And that was on your honeymoon. That was on my honeymoon. That's, yeah. Actually, how how deep do you want to dive? Because I have another example yeah, from my honeymoon. Yeah, give me another example. That, yeah, I think this will be helpful to people. <laughs> Although it's... So a, these are examples of gaslighting, right? Would you say? Um, That would be, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that um, sounds like that to me. The other one... And codependency, signs of codependency. So listeners, if you're, if you can relate to stuff like this, if you're in a relationship and you can relate to how Tina would respond and how her husband would speak to her, you may be in a relationship with codependency. Yeah. All right. So give us another example. Yeah. Well, this one, uh, it's a little, it's not risque, but almost. Okay. All right. Um, so we had, I had waited Till yeah. we got married. Yes. Um, before having sex. Right. And um, so on day three or day four of our honeymoon, you yeah. know, this was still very brand new to me. Yeah. Um, but we were at a hotel in Quebec and, um, you know, we'd gotten, we'd gone out for breakfast and we'd come back to our hotel room and I had gone into the washroom and changed into something yeah lingerie. lingerie yeah uh and then I came out to present yeah. myself to my husband of three or four days yes and the response I got was I don't want that I want to see Quebec City uh like 
Oh. Devastating. Yeah. You know? Oh, and Tina. and I think, you know, I think probably um, he had in mind that my body could only take so much and maybe I needed a break. Mm-hmm. And so maybe he had looked after his body so that he could give me the break. But instead of owning that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> you won't believe the mistake I just made. Yeah. You know, you look great in that. How about you wear that under our clothing? And when we come back later. Yeah. No. It just the response. That, I mean, that was very hurtful. Very hurtful. And he, and he just never owned anything. Like, yeah. like, I'm sorry, or I was a goof, or I made a mistake. Yeah. Those are not words I heard he in apologized. 17 years. Like, uh, yeah. I don't know that he knows those words. Yeah. Yeah. So did you think this is normal like or did you think what what did I get myself into like what were you thinking I don't I don't really know what I was thinking I think I you know again he was my god so like the idea of getting out or yeah is this normal well this was my god and I needed to make him happy yeah um the only you know how you know how a lot of women will cry at emotional things right. like weddings. Yes, or, yes. I never cried at okay. any wedding in my life except we were married in August and yep. friends of ours got married in November. Okay. And I cried at their wedding because my brain was thinking, you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Oh, like yeah, I was yeah. I was terrified for her. Yes. Because already just a few months in it was that you were like that painful yeah what did I get myself into yeah but you felt completely trapped probably into deep like I never even thought of it as trapped because I had made my vows before God and man yeah it just wasn't there wasn't an out for you and that was the same with me right yeah I mean I grew up in a Christian home and you don't get a divorce like you're married. Yeah. Right? This is it. Yeah. I know that feeling. Thinking, what in the world? Yeah. What's going on? And so the way he was treating you, like your honeymoon, all of that, did you tell a friend or your mother or anything like that? No. No. I was mortified. So you knew that it was wrong. Like, because that would be the same with me. You you weren't sure, like how wrong it was or or what it's very confusing when they treat you like that but you know enough that you better not tell your friends or family because they would be very upset honestly I think for me I just felt so humiliated and right and embarrassed and yeah ashamed you know yeah. like my god did you feel my god stupid was... did you feel stupid because I felt stupid I felt stupid that I that I went into a marriage like that not knowing like that my husband was an addict. Like I felt like everybody would think I was stupid. I think you had more on the ball than I did at that point because okay. I don't think I was clever enough to realize that yeah. I don't think I knew yeah. I was stupid to be in this spot. Yeah. Um yeah, I, I'm not saying I was stupid. I'm saying I felt stupid. You felt stupid. Yeah, I, I was embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah, that I screwed up so bad. 
Yeah, I wasn't embarrassed that I screwed up. I was embarrassed. Yeah. That I wasn't good enough. Okay, so you really felt like you weren't good enough. I, yeah. Yeah. Because. Yeah, you did explain that in your testimony. Yeah. So instead of thinking, what's wrong with my husband, you were thinking, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Oh, wow. I was, I was really good at doormatting myself. Yeah. If he was mad at me, I would just, you know, lay down and offer to let him wipe his feet all over me, which, oh, which yeah. he would. Yeah. But at the same time, eventually resentment grew. Yes. In how, how, how quickly did resentment grow? Oh, it, it was very background for a lot of years. Yeah. Very like it was a slow thing. Yeah. But it was there. Okay. It, it, I just wasn't really conscious of it. Yeah. You know. Okay. Honestly, in hindsight, if I had not been so codependent, yeah. We probably would have been split up within weeks or a couple of months of getting married. Okay. And if I had done that, yeah. if I had said, this is not an acceptable right. way for you to treat me, yes, he might have gone, oh my gosh, if I want to stay married, I better figure this out. Yeah. And, and I feel like, I feel like because I was so determined yeah. to keep my vows that I was not prepared yeah. to even have a temporary separation, I feel like that helped sabotage it because I feel like if we had split up then mm. that that would have been the best chance for long yeah you would success. either have ended it completely or he would have said okay I'm gonna lose this unless I get my act together and he may have figured it out like exactly got and help for whatever whatever he was bringing to the marriage I mean it could have been from something in his background or whatever but for whatever reason that he was treating you like that yeah he would have been given an ultimatum and that was the same with me tina like i if i had put my foot down i mean six weeks after we got married he overdosed in the middle of the night and we were found out in the emergency room he just opened his eyes temporarily and said you're an idiot i'm a drug addict like i thought he was in because oh, he had dear. like a brain tumor or something called the ambulance and I was only 21 never wow. been around drugs had no idea but I only left I think for two nights and then he convinced me that he was so glad that I found out because now he's gonna stop and he wanted to stop anyway and blah 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 so I went right back but and he of course he never stopped but if I had like said that's it and you know walked I, away yeah. and you know maybe he would have you know chose to get recovery because that is actually what ended up happening five years later I did walk away and he, he did go get recovery so yeah I know so you have gotten some recovery and you're able to look back in hindsight and you can see I mean, even though the way he treated you it was not your fault like it had, that had nothing to do with you no. you don't own any of that but you can see that your uh, dysfunction that you brought was your codependency and it in a way enabled the marriage to go that long and for that dysfunction to continue. Yes. The fact that you were codependent wasn't your fault. Right. For the way you were being treated. But yes. And, and I, so that is what we have in common is exactly is my codependency codependency enabled 
Adam to be able to use for that many years, you know, because most most addicts lose their family, you know, the way he was using and the extent of it, um, you usually you lose everything a lot sooner. But I was, you know, working and and just taking care of all the things in the background so that he I enabled him to be able to keep using basically. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good like that you have been able like if you haven't got the recovery that you have, if you didn't, if you walked away from that marriage thinking, you know, he was abusive to me, emotionally abusive, he was gaslighting and you didn't look internally, if you didn't look at yourself and, and get counseling and figure that out, then you would walk into like, don't you agree? If you Absolutely. walked into a next relationship, what would be any different? Nothing. In fact, when we when we split up, yep. When I when I told my family, yep. like there had been a series of events that happened that I just realized that it didn't matter to him at all. Yeah. How anything he did or didn't do affected me. I right. had had depression for 2 years, couldn't right. work, couldn't think. Yeah. And so I, I had kind of finally woken up to just how bad things were. Mm-hmm. And so I called my mother. Yeah. And I said, you know, I'm going to be asking my husband for a separation. Yeah. I was talking to my mother and my sister. And I, I expected to hear, but Tina, you were so happy. What's wrong? Because, mm-hmm. because I didn't think they could see right. what was going on. And when she said that, I was like, what do you see that I don't know about? So what what did she say? Sorry, what did she say? She just said, Tina, we just don't know how you stood it so long. Oh, and I was yeah. like, stood what? What like what because do you see? You, I mean, you even explained <laughs> that like you wouldn't even like if your friends said anything, you would push them away, right? My so if, if people tried to warn you or if, if they tried had to get like involved. My, my family wanted to warn me. Right. But they knew they I would knew. cut them off, not they him. sensed it. That it wasn't open for discussion. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, but they knew all along. And it's been over 10 years since my marriage ended. Yep. And it's been four years that I've been working my recovery. Yep. And two years ago. Yeah. I was talking to a girlfriend and I said, you know, really, my marriage was emotionally abusive. Yeah. Like I just, you know, I'm just realizing that. And my friend was like shocked that, that you, I was just figuring that, that you out. Didn't know. Because nobody had used that term. Right. When I, when I had described scenarios, yeah. nobody had ever called it emotional abuse. Yeah. It, you probably wouldn't realize until you were out of it. But I was out of it like eight years. Oh. Like it was only two so even years then, ago. Okay. That I finally connected the dots on that. And I'm like, Okay, so I have so. a question. So when you came into recovery, so you started coming to Celebrate Recovery four years ago, you say? Yeah. Is that what you mean? Okay. So did you even know, could you put words to it then what you were here for? Or no. did you, when you came and listened to other people, did you realize, oh, I started with codependency? Like, It took a while. And, okay. and when the way I started, my recovery was actually with a step study. Yes. And... I just, I knew there was something that needed work. Yep. 
And so I was going to go do the work and I'd figure out what the something was as I went along. Yeah. That's so amazing. I I do find we have a lot of people. So the people that come with an addiction to drugs or alcohol, they it's pretty obvious what their issue is, right? What they need recovery for. They come in here knowing, you know, I need recovery for this. I need to go to this group. But it's the ones that struggle with these type of issues like codependency a lot of divorce, there's a lot of divorce, and it is hard to put a name to it when you haven't been in recovery, when you haven't gone to a counselor or, you know, spent a lot of time figuring it out. You just know, <laughs> my, my relationship blew up, and I don't, I don't know. Well, I, I actually went to a lot of counselors because those last two years of the marriage with the depression, yep. um, I was off on long-term disability, Yeah, and... Man, when you go off on long-term disability, you get all the health care you need because they want to get you back right, healthy that's right. and back yep. to work. I had more counselors and psychiatrists and psychologists. And even, you know, a year out of the marriage, they yep. told me I didn't have depression anymore. But but I've continued seeing counselors since then. I Okay. That's you know, awesome. periodically as yep. I need them. Right now, I, I just have a lady that I see mm-hmm. once a month just because there's still a lot going on in my life yep. and she just helps me to you're so wise to do that frame Tina. it that's like, amazing and and so so you know for six years yeah since my marriage ended to when I started my recovery I had still been seeing counselors okay. and I still nobody used the term codependent no nobody ever identified that for me really yeah, so that was at Celebrate Recovery that you realized Absolutely. That. Okay. So I do want to talk about your depression. So did you struggle with depression gr- like growing up or during most of your marriage? Or was it just the two years before your marriage ended? I think probably for about the six years before I actually did the depressive crash yeah. that I was going downhill. Yeah, okay. Yeah, we had, um, we had been living in Ottawa. And yeah, you know, two kids and life was busy and I, I found out, I found out long after my marriage ended mm-hmm. that my family, you know, when I was like, but I'm going to be a single mom and how hard's that? And they're like, um, you you've are. always been a single <laughs> yeah. mom. Surprise. Yeah. Like you've been doing this alone yeah. since day one. Yeah. And they're right. Yeah. I hadn't seen it, but they're right in a lot of ways. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. So oh. once we, once we had the second baby, which I yeah. could not, I could not have just one. I had to have my second baby. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't well, want an only child. Only is lonely. I, I yeah. just couldn't do that. I was the same way. I, I always wanted two or three. Yeah. Well, my marriage wasn't going to support three. So two that's, was the magic number. Tina, that's exactly me. <laughs> I wanted four kids like when I was younger and when we first got married. But then once Adam was really heavy into his addiction, when our kids were just born, like when they were small. And so, sorry, I shouldn't say that. He wasn't heavy. It's it's creeped back up. But he had just got back from uh, rehab and uh, he was freshly clean. And that's when we started our family. And but then the stress of having young children and stuff, he he really it relapse takes a while but he knows that it it began when they were small um but yeah I I remember thinking like 
just having the first one was hard, like, because I did mostly everything. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want an only child, but I was like, there's just no way. Like, I mean, now... Now that we've been in recovery so long, I'm too old to have more. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, same thing. Didn't want an only child, but yeah. Yeah. Couldn't. But once once we had the second, there was that added stress. Yeah. And and I was still I was still a single parent and in denial about being a single parent. Yeah. Um Yeah. Hmm. Can, can I tell you there was one time he he had gotten saved before we got married um a couple years in somebody at the church offended him and he never attended regularly anywhere ever after that to my knowledge okay um so there was um a sunday morning uh when the kids were little and i had gotten up and you know he was he was gonna go golf nine holes yep and i was gonna take the kids to church as i always did which you know so, so I said, okay, you know, about how long will he be? And he gave me a time estimate. So yeah. when we got back from church, yeah, you know, we had lunch and then we got all ready because it was like a nice, sunny, beautiful summer day and dad should be home like yep. any time now. Yeah. And we can like go to a park or go right. do something. Well, he changed his mind and this was before everybody had a cell phone on their hip. Yeah. And he golfed 18 and we waited in the front entryway for him for the better part of two hours oh like just you know just like these things that Mm. that completely escaped him yeah that but you know every one of those would weigh on you right yeah it would but you know what this that's the kind of thing that I learned about myself is like and I want to ask you so do you look at that now and think like if you put any one of your friends in that situation if their husband did that would they have responded the same way you did? And would would he feel like he could ever get away with that again if he was with one of your friends? Do you know what I mean? I've done that with myself. Like, this is where I figured out the whole codependency thing. I'll, I'll put, like, somebody else that I know, one of my friends, and I'll think, would they respond the same way I did? Like, did he know that he could get away with that with you? Do you know what I mean? He did. Yeah. Because because I had been a doormat for right. so many we years. We teach them what they're able to get away with. We we train them. Or, we train them. Or we, or we don't train them and we let them train us. Exactly. And yeah. 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 Anyways, I hope this helps people out there. I don't know, just giving some examples of what that can look like in a marriage. And sometimes, well, you might, you might just be young and you just don't know and you, you think it's normal and... You know, um, yeah, I don't know if, if this rings a bell to anybody or sounds familiar, um, but yeah, it is codependency. Hard Not to fun. define, but giving examples helps probably. Definitely. Yeah. So you came to Celebrate Recovery. You started with the step study. You did your inventory. I did. You had an accountability partner when you did that. Yeah. I remember you talking about that process. It was a pretty big, pretty big deal. It was massive. Yeah. Like how long did it take you to do yours? To share it or to write it up? To write it and then even share it. Yeah. Probably the writing took the better part of five hours. Yeah. I had initially I had tried to follow the format that they have. Right. And I know that's helpful. 
but I didn't really understand how to use the format that well. And after I had filled everything in that I could, yeah. following the format, I thought, well, there's all kinds of stuff that I haven't hit on that yeah. that needs to get on paper. And so I just started freehand writing. I ended up with 16 handwritten pages. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and it wasn't too bad, like yeah. tears wise, like, you know, when you start, to write it for me I'd I'd have quite a few tears at the beginning but then you just get going and you're just you're just writing yeah just write and write and write yeah I remember thinking I don't even have anything to write and then (laughs) oh so much to write yeah yeah Yeah, so for anyone listening that doesn't know what an inventory is at celebrate recovery it's in, in step four uh the inventory is kind of the heart of the program of the steps um, it's where it gets real. And actually, it's where a lot of people drop off, to be honest. I've heard a lot of people say, I can't get past step four. They've even, so the step four, the inventory, that's even in an AA and NA program as well. And a lot of people get to that step and then maybe just aren't ready to do the hard work. So, an in inventory, you basically go through um, who's hurt you in the past, who you've hurt what they did, how that's affected your life, and what you're going to do about it, like how how you're going to go through making amends and forgiving them. So it's it's deep. Um, the more detail, uh, the more you're going to get recovery, basically. And it really isn't to go back. People say, like, what's the sense of bringing up the past and, like, you know, sitting in the, the hurt or the pain and bringing all, like, that's the past. The past is the past. But really, it's we don't think you should go back in the past and stay there. It literally, because if you don't do an inventory, you're constantly going back in the past. This is to go back like one more final time, basically. It's like, bring it all up so that you can get healing and make amends and um, forgive people that hurt you. And yeah, make your amends for people you've hurt. And then it's gone. Like it's it's kind it's, of like taking all the weight out of yeah, your past. Yeah, it's taking the pain out anyway. Yeah, I mean you have memories. It's not like you don't remember what happened. But I always heard a good sign if you can talk about the pain without crying, then you've probably got some recovery. Like if if it still hurts to the point that you would cry, then you haven't got healing from it, right? Yeah. And yeah. and if it's something that you couldn't tell anybody, yeah, then it's probably the thing that you most yeah. need to tell somebody. Right. You're only as sick as your secrets. It really? It's really true. Yeah. Anything that you can't share, at least, and we don't mean everybody, like we mean a safe person. Right. Yeah. Your accountability. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, so good. So you did the inventory and then uh, you became a leader at Celebrate Recovery and we've loved having you on our leadership team. Thank you. It's been amazing. And so what's what's going on with Tina nowadays? So you are a joy coach. I'm a joy coach. Yay! I get, I get paid to talk. <laughs> it's It really fits your personality, too. Like, the seven, joy coach. Uh, so you you love helping women find their joy, right? That's what yes. you say, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, so yeah. how's that been going? Uh, it's been going good. It, I actually got derailed a little with COVID. COVID? Well, that's understandable. Like the rest of the world. Yes. Um, so I am working to, to yeah. set it up and um, relaunch the program again. Yeah. And yeah. Isn't it awesome 
being able to help other people. Like I know at Celebrate Recovery, we see all different people and um, we can see how the program helps them. But don't you find in particular when you find a woman that you can so relate to her, to her hurt, what, yeah. what she's going through and to be able to, you know, speak life into her and amazing. I know. In, in fact, the way I got into this yep. is at my job fixing medical equipment. Yeah. Um, the building I work at has a reputation for being a fairly toxic workplace. Oh. And um, not all of it is, but yeah. a lot of it is. Okay. You know, people backbiting and, yeah. and stuff. Um, and so we have a few people who work in the area that I serve. Yeah that would clash badly with coworkers yeah. and some of them some of them had depression and the ones with depression when they clashed with these coworkers like it would just put them in a downward spiral and they just started seeking me out oh. like intuitively yeah like like I was the dry bartender at work. Oh, if you're having a really rough day, go talk to Tina. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and they know that you have Jesus. <laughs> that obviously that's so evident. And, and it's attractive. Yeah. And yeah. and I, you know, give them some words of encouragement yeah. and some some tips and some tools and I, I definitely, get a smile back on their face and that send is them back definitely out. your spiritual gift you're an encourager i love it yes i love 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 yeah. it <laughs> i see you doing it even just with our leaders and just with yeah I, you're always encouraging somebody that's awesome so let's talk about dating because <laughs> i i haven't obviously been in that realm i've been with adam since i was 16 so give the listeners because some of our listeners are probably on Christians dating give us some tips what's what's going on in the dating scene in the Christian dating scene <laughs> <laughs> um, the Christian dating scene as far as I can tell is fairly small yep um, especially at my age yes. I love that expression <laughs> uh, I know statistically the majority of marriages come out of online dating so yeah. I have I have gone online you've done it eh and so tell okay wait i this is fun so tell <laughs> <laughs> tell me about your experience of putting up your profile or whatever the first time it was that like totally overwhelming and crazy uh well the first time actually was years ago okay six, six seven years yeah. ago and i didn't have the right mindset for it okay um I took it personally when the initial activity died off and yes. then there's hardly anybody messaging you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I've learned now really it's, it's dating practice. Yeah. It's saying to yourself, I think I'm ready for this yep. and I'm prepared to give it a try. Right. And unlike when I was six and seven and 10 and 15, yep. I don't have to find the guy. Right. I, I just have to say, okay, God, I am making myself available. Yes. I feel like you're saying that it's reasonable for me to try this online stuff. Yeah. So with your permission, I'm going to do that. Yeah. And yeah. And so I've, I've had to tweak my profile a number of times because the more the more conversations I have, the more I realize whether or not 
I'm painting a clear enough picture of who right. I am. Yeah. So now I think my profile starts off with, I love Jesus. That's all you need to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay. There's a little more. <laughs> yeah, I love that. <laughs> right. But yeah. But be really, really direct. Yeah. So that the people who aren't into that into are that, less likely yeah. to Why message Why bother you. wasting your time? Yeah. yeah. Okay. And and don't try to look too glamorous in your picture. Yeah. Look happy. Yes. And look like yourself. Yeah. But but don't look fake. Don't look fake. So you don't use filters. For no filters. <laughs> no filters. No filters. Don't put on your sexiest outfit. Okay. None of that. Just just average. be your real your self. Your real self. Yeah. And if somebody can catch you, catch a picture of you laughing, that's like yeah. a good picture of you laughing. Right. That's ideal because you're good. engaging yeah. with your life. You're happy. You're yeah. not afraid to be seen being yeah. real. Right. And yeah. but you also have to be kind of a detective. Yeah. You know, when if a guy has like if his picture is like perfect, like yeah. totally on point. Yeah. But then, you know, in the two paragraphs that he's written, there's like 50 typos. There's something not <laughs> adding up here. <laughs> And and that's gonna be a turn off. <laughs> I mean, one or two maybe, but yeah. you know, yeah. And and if he goes on and on and on about his feelings and how much he really just wants to get to know who I am as a person, then yeah. probably some woman wrote this, <laughs> wrote it up for him. His sister wrote it. <laughs> so so um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's been a good adventure. Okay. You're getting lots of uh, practice, like we were saying. I'm to, getting a to little. set boundaries right away. <laughs> and actually, I'm getting faster at identifying when something doesn't feel right to me. Yeah. Okay. Um, even just when communication doesn't, because you know, I had all those years of being trained wrong. Yeah. Uh, in my marriage, right. and then I had, you know, ten years of not communicating with anybody in a romantic kind of way yeah so now if somebody's messaging with me mm -hmm. there was one fellow that I messaged with and I said well you know I'm just looking for somebody who's you know more excited about the Lord than I am yeah and he said well good luck finding that <laughs> <laughs> and and it took me it probably took me uh, a week or yeah. two to realize like you know, that's kind of mocking and yeah. dismissing and undermining. Yeah. And yeah, it, it kind of felt reminiscent of yep. communication in my marriage. And I'm like, mm, yeah, yeah no, I, I don't like later, this. Guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. it's like a it's an opportunity to yeah. to wake up and to learn the communication yeah. and, and to learn to feel what feels yeah. good to me and what's authentic and what yeah. looks And healthy. you're going into this knowing that you Tina alone not alone but with Jesus is totally full yeah yeah like you don't need this if 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 the, if God has that for you yeah and the right man comes that's like a bonus like thanks thanks God yeah uh, right now it's not like you're like miserable no on the dating sites looking for somebody to complete you you no, are complete exactly in jesus and so so it takes all the pressure off yeah and and with jesus i don't have to find the guy right god's gonna bring him along exactly. and he might not bring him along through the website he, he could might bring him not along use 
at Christian the gas station, <laughs> whatever they're called. at the grocery store. He, you know, I could I could trip over the guy when I'm you yeah. know walking on the beach one day. Yeah, exactly. So oh. so I can just work on my relationship with God. Yeah, communicate with some of these people online and mm-hmm. see if. Yeah. Any of this is going to be good practice. And if yeah. it's not, I'm okay being single. Yeah. Cause that's it's awesome. Yeah. It's just, you know, that's I don't, awesome. I don't want somebody that's going to distract me from God. I want somebody who's so excited about him Yeah, that it builds, if anything, it helps build my relationship yeah. with God. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we should end this soon, but before we do, I want to give you the floor to say if, we have a listener, if somebody's listening, and they can identify with some of the struggles that you had in their marriage, what would you say to them right now if they're listening? What, what advice do you have for them? What should they do? Uh, honestly, find your two or three closest trusted people yeah. and give them permission to speak honestly yeah. to you. Right. And instead of trying to explain to them why they're just misunderstanding him. Yeah. He he doesn't mean it like that. And he, yeah. you know, he would never be that way. Right. Just listen. Yeah. And, and don't even, don't even talk to them together. Talk to them one at a time, two mm. or three different people. And if you're getting the same story from two or three different people, people that love you, that right? love you, yeah. that, that seem to be really emotionally healthy yeah. and not jealous or anything foolish. Yeah then then you need to you need to sit with those words and you yeah. need to say okay what am i going to do yeah. there's there's something i haven't been seeing yeah and i need to make healthy changes yeah would you suggest celebrate recovery for somebody oh yeah. goodness yeah yeah and and look me up if you come to ours yeah i'll talk to exactly. you exactly yeah that's awesome thank you tina this was great this was fun yeah it was fun <laughs> i told you it just feels like we're just in a coffee shop after a while <laughs> no video makes it much better <laughs> all right until next time thanks for listening to our, all our listeners we love you bye bye